Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem will be learning Daf Yud Beis in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. We'll start with a shout out to my dear friend, Rabbi Yeshua David Marchuk Shlita. His daughter Shandy got engaged to Yaakov of Weisberg. Uh, I know Shandy for a long time. An exceptionally sweet girl. Wonderful family, of course. Dear friends. And so, a uh, shout out. Of course, was Zecher Nishmas of Chaim Zev Milinowitz, as always. Zetzal. And I'll start since Marchuk might, I told him, I'm going to send this to him and say, listen to the first five minutes. Because where we left off was in Yud Aleph Ahmed Bey's. We were talking about the, uh, the constellations, Barry. Did you see any constellations when you were on vacation? You got a chance to look at the sky a little bit? Um, so what are constellations? So Andrew was, uh, it, it was it, I really rushed it yesterday. So for your benefit also, Andrew, I'll explain. Okay, there's something called the ecliptic. The ecliptic is very interesting. It is, you know, when you are in school, you learn about the sun, and then you have the planets that orbit around the sun, right? Now, when they orbit, they orbit on a plane, meaning, right, they don't each have their own, like when you see an atom, everything, every orbit has its own trajectory, its own plane relative to that sphere in the middle, but they orbit along the same plane, essentially, and that is the ecliptic. Now, constellations are star clusters, really. They're everywhere. And they have identified, let's say, more than 40 constellations. But the 12 constellations that make up the zodiac are so described because they actually run across the ecliptic. Okay, those are the clusters of stars that are along the plane of the orbit of the planets around the sun. And if you follow that astrologically, my dear friend Dave Palmer Schlita and mentor um, has a good line about this. He says, anybody who knows astronomy doesn't care at all about astrology, right? If you have somebody who actually knows what's going on with the stars, this is true of life in general. If you really know what's going on, then you don't usually subscribe to the thing that people described when, before they knew what was going on. But people used to stare at the stars um, for, for centuries, right? For millennia. Um, human beings have been staring at the stars. This is before they had Tetris and Angry Birds. Uh, that was an anachronistic reference. Uh, this is, this, we are doing Machzor 14. It sounds like people, uh, if they listen in 100 years from now, they'll think that we're doing the 12th or 13th cycle of Dafyomi. But the point is, before all the pollution, before uh, anybody had distra- as many distractions as we do today, the stars were a big deal. So they, in Babylonia, right, in Bavel, where the Talmud was written, the zodiac was very prominent. And the mazalos, right, what we call horoscopes, or whatever, the, uh, um, the, zo- the signs of the zodiac, Aries, uh, Libra, I don't know. I, I, there was a time when I knew all of them, and I could even tell you what each person was. That was a while ago, but not as long as you might think. I could meet a person and know, know when they were born. There is something to it, and the Gemara mentions it. And I have to mention it because the Gemara mentions it all over, and we've already had it, where ain't mazal be Israel, but the mazalos have some, uh, right, this have some meaning. We have Bryce's here, so we start with the Bryce in the middle of Yudal from Bays, where we mention the mazal of basically Aries that has a tail. It's the lamb that has the tail. Why, uh, Marchuk, if you're still on, so there's a Rashi. Look at the size of this Rashi in Yudal from the Bays. This is the reason why Barry took off. He thought he was going to avoid this Rashi. It starts with Ba'azdullah Taimayu, and it just never ends. 
it, it goes, spills onto Yud Beis Aleph. So I actually was so tired. You know, we, Andrew and I weren't feeling well while you were away. It's probably because of your absence, Barry. And so I was so tired, I didn't want to, I, I didn't have the strength. I went through the Rashi, and I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't sort of unravel it. So I called Moish Gordon. I called a couple of friends. And Moish Gordon is our mutual friend. He's the Rosh Hashiva of Yishrei Lev. I said, Moish, just give me... Um, just give me the Rashi and a plate. I, I, I'm not going to go through this. And he, I never did that before, since Brachos. I never did that. And he said, I can't help you. Anyway, so that, 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 that's the end of the story. But I helped myself. And I was ready yesterday, but we didn't get to it. So we'll start with that today. All right, Benjamin, I was just... That's Benjamin Gutman, a legend. The, the Gabai of Shomrei. I, um, I was stalling so that you could benefit the Rashi and Yudala from the Bez. Don't worry, Andrew, it's not, it's not a long duff. We're going to make it. Here we go. So we're in the middle of Yudalaf and Beis, and what is the topic of this Rashi, the Rashi that Mike Gordon didn't want to help me with? It's as follows. The question at hand was the Machlokas. All right, now we're doing this. Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer. When was the world created, right? So Rabbi Eliezer holds it was created in Tishrei. Rabbi Yeshua holds it was created in Nisan. We hold like Rabbi Yeshua. The world was created in Nisan. How do we know? Because we do Birkar Sachama in Nisan. And that is every 27 years, um, we are commemorating a uh, creation of the sun, essentially. Okay? And, and, and we do so when it's in a specific spot in the sky. So astronomy. Now, what is the topic over here? It says, the Azdula Taimayu says the Gemara in the middle of Yudalaf and Bez, that this Machlokas of Yeshua and Rabbi Lazar, that we apply to when the Geula Asid Lava will be, we apply to, right, when the world was created, when the Avos were born and, and passed away, that Machlokes also has to do with the Machlokes as to when the Noach's flood was. That is the Taimayu. Now, that Machlokes of when no, the flood of Noach was is discussed in the Brisa. So what was the Brisa? I'll say it outside first because it's important to say because uh, this Rashi is incomprehensible unless, uh, I think, unless, unless you explain it outside first. To read it straight would be very difficult, as follows. Basically, there's a machlokas as to when the flood was. And the reason is because the Torah relates, this is the Pasuk, I'll, 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 read, it, I'll read it over here, the Tanya, right? It says, Okay. So when you read the Pasuk in Noach, and you see that it happened on Sheshmah Shana Lachai in Noach, so the first thing you have to understand is that that is relating to the actual time of creation. Okay, so when it says, Bachodesh Hashini, B'Shivah Yom Lachodesh, it means the second month from creation, B'Shivah Yom Lachodesh. That's what it means. Now, if you go... Yeah, you're about to see. I'm going to explain it now, and you'll, and, and you'll tell me. If you don't think it's strange, then maybe I'm strange. So the thing is like this. The, the Sukkim explicitly say that Noah, that the flood started when Noah was 600 years old, right, in the 600th year of his life, on the second month, on the 17th of that month. And so I'll say it outside. The Sukkim then say that the flood ended. It was completely dry, the Pasuk will say, on the 601st year of Noah's life, right, on the second month again, right, on the 27th of that month. So it's the same month, but the following year, just 10 days later. Mind you, as I think it was David Palmer pointed out, if you take a lunar, 
right? Because if you go over months, we've talked about this a lot already, because when Masechus Rosh Hashanah, you take a lunar year, you fall short of a solar year by about 10 days. And so one could actually say the flood lasted one year. It lasted one solar year. It was like a solar event, so to speak, because a celestial event, in essence, not really, it was an earthly event, but it lasted a solar year. And so that's one unit. Now, the whole hawk over here with, with Rashi on Yud Alpha Medbez is, if it was true, all they're trying to prove is that according to Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Eliezer, their machlokas as to when the creation of the world was is reflected into when the flood was. Because the flood, when it says the second month, is actually saying the second month from creation, such that, right, according to Rabbi Eliezer, it's going to have to be in ER, and according to Rabbi Yeshua, it's going to have to be in Cheshvan, okay? And so they not only argue, so to speak, the Machlok is not only when, about the Avos, and not only about the creation of the world, but also when the flood was. And, and how do they know that? What? Oh, so the first day of the world, we, we discussed it yesterday. Yeah, thank you for coming on time today. Had you come on time yesterday, no offense, I'm not going to say it on the tape who I'm talking to, um, then uh, we mentioned that the first day of the world was actually in, if you, it was actually six days before. This is the creation of man. So if you hold, let's say, if you, if you hold like Rabbi Yeshua, it was right before Nisan. It was an Adar at the end, 25th of Adar or 25th of, uh, of Elul, depending who you hold like. But, okay, so the flood... Had to, had, had to have been either ER or in Cheshvan. What, what is Rashi talking about here? As follows. Because it goes through the timeline of the entire flood. That's what the Rashi does, just as he does in Parshas Noach. And he says, the flood started on the 17th of the second month. And then you had 40 days of rain. Then 50, 150 days of the fountains in the deep. And Rashi goes through all of that. That's why it's so long. Then the Aron comes to rest on Har Ararat. On the 17th day of the seventh month. So that's where it gets interesting. Because it's the 17th day of the seventh month. Now, had, this is the whole point of the Rashi, had Rabbi Eliezer, let's say, agreed with Rabbi Yeshua as to when the flood was, then that would mean, because it's seven months from the time of the flood, uh, from the time of when the flood started, that Noah would have already past a new year, which means that you would have said that that was the 601st year of his life. In other words, the Torah doesn't say that it was the 601st year of his life until a full year has already passed. And it is obviously noteworthy to say that it, we've reached the 601st year of his life. And so we would have said it at the time that the Teva landed on the mountain if it had already been the 601st year of his life. That's the whole point of that Rashi that he's trying to explain. And because the Torah does not say that he was in his 601 years old when he landed on the mountain and saves it for only later when the waters completely dry up, a full solar year after the flood started, the fact that it, that it waits until then shows you that both according to Rabbi Yezer and according to Rabbi Yeshua, if it started on the second month, whether it's Iyar or whether it's Cheshvan, they hold that it did not, right, that, that there was not a new year until the almost a full year later, right? And therefore they hold that the flood must have started at a different time. What does this have to do with the constellations, Goranowitz? Because the Brysa, and this is the final thing I'll say before we read it inside, the Brysa relates a machlokas with regards to the constellation of Aries. Now, what 
if you know anything about constellations, then you know that at any given point, you have to call, oh, an Or Yishalayim. This is a full Or Yishalayim-themed podcast because, um, because Yeshua Marchuk went to Or Yishalayim and Yaron Weisberg, who's the Chassan's father, went to Or Yishalayim and Ari Rosenstein went to Or Yishalayim and he's all about the constellations. You go up to his roof and he'll show you any day. Uh, he'll be available with his telescope. He lived in Ramat Beit Shemesh. So this is what he explained to me. At any given point, you could see six constellations at any given point in the year, which is to say half the pinwheel. If you look at the constellations like a pinwheel, at any given year, you could see it in the night sky, right? Really, you, you should be able to see all of them, but half of them are during the day and in, invisible at that time because they're behind the sun, right? So the sun is blocking them. So at any given point, you could see six constellations. So both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua have to deal with the brysa, they're mentioned in the brysa, relating the beginning of the flood. How did Hashem make the flood? Some sort of allegorical thing where there were 72 stars to the constellation and the two stars that represent the tail of that constellation, that constellation being Aries, when those two were removed, it was like removing the plug and thus the floodgates are open and that led to the flood. Okay, that's the allegory. The problem is they're six months apart in terms of when they think this flood took place. And therefore, when you remove the plug, Aries, where is Aries? Well, not that hard to say. You just have to say that Aries was about to emerge, according to one opinion, or was about to set, according to the other opinion. Either way, it's at the very edge, and that's how you can reconcile that both of them can relate the flood to Aries. It's just like, is the tail coming at the tail end, as it were, or in the beginning? And with that introduction... The, oh, we're going to get into astro- that. Now you're not talking astrology anymore. You're talking astronomy, and right now we're doing astrology, Gerano. Okay. Oh, but is okay. The Milky Way, there, what you're the Milky Way is in the yes. This is all in the neighborhood of the Milky Way. Uh, well, not necessarily, right? Because these stars are not. Uh, are they? They should, be. they should be. Yeah, it's all in our galaxy. It's all within our galaxy. All right. Yeah, we're, it's all in the Milky Way. You're you're in the right neighborhood, Gerano. Okay. So the Tanya. All right. So here we go. So here goes, now with, with that, this is a lot, I mean, Rashi also went long, so I went a little long here. So that's the first Pasuk over here that the uh, Gemara wants to mention, that it was on the 17th day in the second month, that's when the flood started. So Rabbi Shua is consistent with himself that the first month is Nisan of creation, because we know, right, with respect to months, we start with Nisan, but here we're talking about definitely everything is relative to creation. So the second month of creation is going to be ER. Yom Shemazel Kima Shokebayom. That's where we're talking about here. That is the day where the constellation of Kima, which is the tale of Aries, sets during the daytime. Uma'ainos mitmatim. And now we have to say that that's when the subterranean waters usually are starting to get lower. So normally that's what would have happened. In other words, normally water levels go down during that time of year, but because Shininu Maaseim means that the population of humanity at that time deviated from what their natural order was supposed to be. And the terrible of Eros, Shina Karsh Baruch Aleim So we see this, and everything, Kol Midosa Shal Karsh Baruch was Midah Konegad Midah, a Karsh Baruch who changed Maaseberashis, not in their favor, and Vehele Mazel Kima Bayom. And even though it was supposed to set during the daytime. He brought it up during the daytime. V'natol shnei kochavim took the two, right, stars from the tail, mikima v'hivi mabula olam. And that opened the floodgates and started the mabula. Rebbe Dezer consistent with himself saying that the earth started in 
right? Yitishrei says that that was the seventeenth of the second month means the seventeenth in the Cheshvan. Yom shemazal kima oile bayom ma'inos mitzgabrim. So typically, right? That's already six months later exactly. So the exact opposite thing, as so often happens in nature, is going on, which is to say. That's when constellation is supposed to rise during the daytime, and actually the water level is supposed to go up. Wait a minute. As we finally arrive at Bezim Aleph, at the very manageable time, Andrew, don't give me that look, of 552 a.m. So he says, So again, similarly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed nature against them. And he brought up the constellation by day. And then he took the two stars from it, as we said, they, they both agree on what the mecha- mechanics was, taking off those two stars, and there go the floodgates. Now. Like a cork, he popped the cork. Like popping a cork. That's how I'm describing it. That's how I visualize it when I read this. Okay. So now. Bish, Lame the Rebbe Yeshua. Rebbe Yeshua, you could say, makes sense. Hainu Dechsev Sheni. So the second month makes sense because it's the second month of the year. Well, the Torah is wrote about it, so we're interested in it. Oh. See what I mean? It, there's a direct pasuk in Nach about the day of the flood. So, Bishleim Rabbi Yeshua and Sheni. In other words, this is again, it's sort of still harkens back to how dissociated the months are from years. Second month, it was always ER, right? So that makes sense according to Rabbi Yeshua, because the Brisa says it's the second. The Torah says the pasuk says it's the second month. El Rabbi Yezer my Sheni. What does it mean second month according to Rabbi Yezer? Nobody, nobody holds that Marcheshvan is the second month. That's ironic, right? Because we hold that Marcheshvan is the second month. But uh, with regards to months, it's the second month of the year. But in the count of months, everybody agrees that Nisan starts first. So the Gemara explains, Sheni Ladin, that Marcheshvan, that's how we understand it. It's the second month from Yom Adin, which is Tishrei. That's how we kind of count it. When we say that it's the Marcheshvan, uh, uh, coincidence, when we say the Marcheshvan is the second month of the year, right? So then the Cheshvan is, we're talking about the second month since what we call Rosh Hashanah, right? But they're talking about Rosh HaChadashim, a different thing. Anyway, so Bishleim Rabbi Yeshua Haina Deshina. So now, again, according to Rabbi Yeshua, I can understand that he changed the, uh, the nature because the nature was supposed to be the water level was supposed to go down. It certainly did not do that. So that's... Uh, that language in the Brisa that he changed it, that makes sense, according to Rabbi Yeshua. But according to Rabbi Yezer, this is when the water level was supposed to go up. So what is such a big difference? Okay, so, when, so I would have said, well, there's a difference between a tide rising and a pandemic flood. I, don't, I think that's mixing metaphors, but you know, a tide rising and a flood that floods the whole earth. That's still Shina. But I think the, the point is supposed to be that what did he do that's kind of like the opposite, right? In other words, the, the language of the Brisa is the, they, did, they went totally against their nature to do the Avera. So this is sort of supposed to be not strengthening what the nature, the natural order was supposed to be, but rather turning it upside down. So what did he do that was so different? So he says, One of the um, Averas that's ascribed to the door Hamabul was shvichas zera levatala? That's what it means when it says roshin kilkilu, right? They acted corruptly, right, with a with a sort of like a, a hot substance. Okay, uva roshin right, was the boiling water. So the thing that made it upside down or different was instead of cold water, he made the, he turned on the hot water faucet. Aha, be roshin kilkilu be So that's the way it's spelling it out. 
they did, they engage in the immorality of Shrikha Zerlevatala, over Roschi Nidonu, and how do we know that he turned out the hot water faucet when he made the flood? Because it says, Ksiv Hacha Vayashoku Hamaim, right? The waters subsided. Ksiv Hasam Vachamas Hamelech Shachacha. And it says elsewhere that the, the uh, warm, right, anger of the king started to subside. So since the word subside means that the floodwaters are going down, and it's the same uh, context in a case where the king is piping hot mad, so you see that in both cases, that which is subsiding is hot, because it's the same root. Uh, anybody recognize where Vachamas HaMelech Shachacha other than Binyamin? Um, well, we have two uh, berries of a little bit of Balakari either. Does it sound familiar from anywhere? Yeah, Barry knows it. It's the Megillus Esther. Okay, this is referring to Achashverosh, his anger subsiding. So the water was boiling and it wasn't like, a, like ice cold? Yeah, right, exactly. This was not... It was boiling. This is exactly what the Gemara is pointing out. It was boiling as a mida connected mida for the Avera uh, that they did basically like, uh, I guess you could say, in the heat of the moment, so to speak, is how is, is the mida connected mida of they had to deal with the boiling... Um, the boiling water of the flood. So you learn something now. Next, Parshas Noach, you have to remember that that was boiling water according to Rebbe Eliezer. Now, Tanur Abadim. This is fascinating. This is kind of what we do. We want to be aligned with them, right? So the smart ones, the rabbis, what they do when they count the year, they say, they hold that the flood happened in Cheshvan, right? But when it comes to seasons, right, they go with Rabbi Yeshua that it comes from Nisan. What does this mean? Could I to read this Rashi? Rashi says, So that's what we do. In other words, when we say, when, when we talk about the year, we treat Rosh Hashanah like Rabbi Yezer. So when we ever say, this, this happened, the flood happened in Cheshvan, and this happened, they had like that. However, um, it's important to understand that they don't necessarily hold that that's when the flood happened. That's what Rashi's, it's embedded in Rashi here. In other words, when they reference it, they reference it with Tishrei being the, the beginning of the year, as Rashi continues to say. Uh-huh. And again, Rashi spells out, it's not that they hold like Rabbi Eliezer, that that's when the earth was created. They just, reference, they just start from Rosh Hashanah, like because, let's say, that's when you get your clean slate, right? So that's what we do. We call it Rosh Hashanah, and we say that's when the year started. That's what the Chachmei Yisrael do. Again, not because we paskin like Rabbi Yezer, as we've already demonstrated. We paskin like Rabbi Yeshua. But that doesn't mean that we don't call Rosh Hashanah the one in Tishrei. Interesting, right? Says uh, Rashi, the Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah Lashanim, Venisa Nivra Olam Kidiktani. That's what we do. We follow the Chachmei Yisrael based on this Gemara. We think Rosh Hashanah and the year annual cycle starts in Tishrei. <coughs> Excuse me, but... We, when it comes down to halacha, we hold that the world was in fact created in Nisan. So that's fascinating. Okay. Meanwhile, Chachmei Umos Olam Monin Aflamabel Karabi Yeshua. So what is this? The Umos Olam also say that the Mabel is in Nisan, meaning they'll start their year in Nisan. I don't know who, which, so I guess that was in Bavel, right? There's Chinese New Year's, all kinds of New Year's, right? So, so but the Umos Olam don't care about Tishrei. They don't care about, right, our new, our new year. They have either January, or they'll have their Chinese New Year sometime in the middle of February, or in this case, when it's referring to Chachmei Olam and Bavel, they'll start their year in Nisan at some point. Now, 
Yitz Topper had a shaila here. He says, wait a minute. Tosfos, the second Tosfos, he was mechaving to this. Right? In other words, In other words, right? The reason why, again, he, he, he was very bothered. He says, we hold like Rabbi Yeshua. So this... I just said it to you guys and you didn't complain, but, but Yitz complained. He says, I don't understand. We hold like Rabbi Yeshua. So why is it that we're going th- with the Shnos Noach? So, I, so I, I kind of already explained that it was because of, right, the Rosh Hashanah. Um, but Tosfos goes with another, other a- aspects which we are going to transition to now, which is the other things that come from Tishrei, like Shemitah, Yovel, Right, Maestro says we'll discuss. So Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for a lot of other things, and so it is those halachic nafkaminas also that make it um, more reasonable, like a more pragmatic reason why we go with the Rosh Hashanah. Obviously, none of those things, Shemitah, Yovel, uh, or Rosh Hashanah, uh, apply to the Gayim, and so they'll go with a more seasonal approach, right? In general, as we know, the secular calendar is a solar calendar, right? They care about seasons. They don't care, uh, Chinese do, but they don't, the seasonal calendar doesn't care about the moon. The moon is dissociated from seasons. And so they will go with that. And we go with Rosh Hashanah. And we obviously know that we have this hybrid. And we continue on the two dots in the middle of the page on your basement off as follows. Uli Yerakos. Okay, that was really fun. Rabbi Yezra Yeshua. Hadron Allah for that. Now, when it comes to the Yerakos and the vegetables, Tana, we have a Braisa. The Yerakos and the Maestros and the Darim. So as we said, uh, and so, okay, so let's, let's set the scene. Uh, as Tosfus just said, and the good transitional Tosfus here, these are things that we apply to Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei, which is Meisers, Meisers, vegetables, and Nadarim. So we'll see, like when you take off Meiser, right? So you know there's different Meisers. There's Meiser Ani, Meiser Rishon, Meiser Ani, Meiser Shani, right? And you're giving, uh, you're giving the Meiser Shani on the first and second and fourth and fifth years of Shemitah cycle. You're giving the Maeser Ani on the third and the sixth year of a Shemitah cycle. So, but when does the Shemitah cycle start? It's a cycle. It's a never-ending thing. Well, it has to be a point where that year starts because you can't intermingle Maeser, first of all, from one year to the other, right? And secondly, you got to know this crop belongs to, does it belong go to the Ani or does it go to the Maeser Shani, right? So for both of those reasons, you need to know when the year starts. It starts for those purposes, says our Mishnah on Rosh Chod, on Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Okay. So now the Gemara says, well, What does it mean by vegetables? Meiser Yerik. Well, maybe it means when you're taking off Meiser, right? It doesn't say Meiser. It says Yerakos, Meisros, and Adarim. So what is Yerakos? What do we care? Rosh Hashanah to the vegetables. So he says, so the first says, well, maybe it's talking about the Meiser that you take off on vegetables. Says the Gemara, Hainu Meisros. Yeah, but we say Yerakos and Meisros. So we're already saying Meisros. Presumably, that includes the Meiser for vegetables. So the Gemara says, Tana Darabanan. No, so the, the two are not the same because the Brysa is teaching you the Rabbanon, the Ketani Daraisa, right? And then it teaches you that you also have to take off Meiser Mida Araisa. Okay, well, could, once you learn one, could you learn the other? So that's what Rashi is trying to explain that first it's saying that's a new year for the Darabanon, and then the same date would also be for a Daraisa. Mind you, right, the Meiser for fruit, as our Mishnah itself said, is not in Tishrei, it's in Shvat as we'll discuss, in the Chalkas, whether it's the Rosh Chodesh or Tu Bishvat, but 
the Gemara is going to ask, but listen, Daraisa Baresha. So first, you talk about the Daraisa. That's what we always do, right? Whenever we learn a Daraisa and a Darabanan, you first learn the Daraisa source, and then you learn the Darabanan. Why here are we learning first the Darabanan and the Daraisa? The Gemara answers, that's not always true that we learn the Daraisa first, because I did the Chavivale Akdama, right? Very often we learn that which is less known, less obvious, first, because we love that, Chavivile. That is something that's exciting. To have like a chiddush is always more exciting. And so we know that the Rabbanon added a chiddush. This is not the, the only place where we see that. That, uh, that which was new and exciting. And the Rabbanon was chaviv to um, the Klal Yisrael. I seem to recall on the very first daf in, in Brachas, uh, learning that that, had, that that was mentioned as to why we started with Me'emus, Aikon, and Be'arvis, and we talked about the, uh, the, the Rabbanon implications um, as opposed to some of the Daraisa, where you could just say, um, obviously, it was the, was the midst of Kriyashma. Okay. Anyway, but Tana Didan. So our Tana mentions only vegetables. So Tana Darabanan. So he's talking about the Darabanan. Bechoshachain Daraisa. Okay, but there, right, we would have learned the Daraisa. As Rabbi Leibowitz, it's a great Tafiomi master, points out, this is not a real Kavachomer, it's not a real Koshachain, but the Kasha still remains. In other words, once you know it's Darabanan, so then it has to have a precedence, midaraisa, right? Called darbanan ke'ain daraisa tikun. So it, once we know that there's a darbanan, we could assume the daraisa. We don't need to learn the daraisa anymore. So anyways, uh, so we say, so, so that, 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 is, that is apparently, right, still a mechadosh. We're asking, why does the b'risa need both? So, so that is something that is left alone for now. But be that as it may, we learned the, uh, we learned that it also applies to grain and all these other things which are Dara Raisa. Now, the Gemara continues to say, Velisni Meiser. Okay, but why does it say multiple Meisros? Why shouldn't it just say Meiser? Says the Gemara, Echad Meiser, Behemoth, Echad Meiser, Dagon. That it's speaking not only of the Meiser of your produce, but also Meiser Behemoth, as we've already described. Now, the Gemara says, Velisni Yerek. So why does it say Yerakos? You just say vegetable. The Gemara says, Trey Gavni Yerek. Really, we have two types of vegetables, it's non. That's already a mission in Meisr, so it explains it. Yarak hanegad mishiyeaged, hanegad That you have two types of vegetables. Some vegetables, when you're processing them and harvesting them, you collect them in bundles. And some vegetables, you can't collect in a bundle, and, um, and you have to collect it in a basket. I'm just going to say radishes. Whatever, I, I, I'm, not, I'm very not, uh, I'm not good in the kitchen or in the, in the fields. But, the, uh, but so let's say you're collecting radishes, you have to connect it in the, in the basket, right? You can't, you can't bundle them up. So the, the, the point, what's the point here? Like this. In other words, when is it chal, right? The chiv meiser, right, is going to be when the processing is complete, right? And until that process is complete, as we've already discussed, you can eat achilas arai, Okay, so there are two different types of vegetables, essentially, where the chiv meiser is at different times. One is when they, you can eat the achilas arai until they're bundled. The other one, you can't have the achilas arai, uh, you, you can, until they're in a basket, they don't have to be in a bundle. But be that as it may, right, it's going to, for veggies at least, depend on when they are picked. And that is what it, the, our, our Mishnah in Meisr's and really what our Bryce is teaching, that regardless of when the chiv of the arai versus, right, where the achilas arai, when regardless of when that is no longer allowed, even though there are two types of 
time periods, either a bundle or a basket for the two types of fruits, the actual year of the miser is going to be the same for both type of vegetables, which is to say, Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, right? That the Rosh Hashanah for these vegetables is going to be, was it picked or not picked by Rosh, what we call Rosh Hashanah? Okay. Now, we're going to lay out the halachic nafkaminas here as follows. Tanar two lines up from the bottom of Yedbeza Medalev. Liket Yorok Erev Rosh Hashanah, Achelo Tavo Hashemesh. You pick the vegetable on Erev Rosh Hashanah, okay? And you're getting close to Shkia, the Chazor Veliket. And then he picked another vegetable, Misha Tavo Hashemesh, after the sun went down. I get it. You're supposed to be in Shul. This is where Tosfos has to say that he had a non-Jew, like this is, this you owned a vegetable picking company and you had your workers, they were working on Erev Rosh Hashanah. This is not the guy himself picking on Rosh Hashanah. But we have to set up the theoretical case because the theoretical case has to be that you're picking a whole bunch of veggies and the Rosh Hashanah turned over in the middle, okay? Uh, so what happens, says the Gemara, ain't tormin remeister mizel zeh. Right? It's talking about the Lachik Nafkamina, right? That's what we talked about. Why do you have a Rosh Hashanah for Trumas and Maestros? Because once you start with one, you can't apply the Truma and the Maestros of one to the other, even though it was all in one sort of harvesting procedure. Why? Right? Both ways it goes. Those two, there's a clear demarcation point. Once it hits Shkia on Erev Rosh Hashanah, boom, it's a whole different crop and you can't miss. Okay, so the Bryce says, Right now, this Rosh Hashanah could be at any point in the Shemitah cycle. So let's say it was between the second and the third year of the Shemitah cycle. So what's going to happen? That's the way it works, right? In other words, Maeser Rishon is each, it's each year of the Shemitah cycle. But the first and the second and the fourth and the fifth are going to also have Maeser Shani responsibilities. And the third and the sixth will have the Maeser Ani responsibilities, such that if it was between the second and the third year, so you're having some crop that's supposed to go for Maeser Shani, right? And now, Shkia, the Shkia landed, right? It's now the third year, officially, and now that crop is supposed to go for Maeser Ani. So what do you do? Well, before we say what we do, let's digress six lines down from the top. And the Gemara say, How do we know about this whole hack that we just said about the first and the second and the fourth and the third and the sixth? So let's talk about those sources. Amr Yav Shubin Levi says the says the Torah. That sounds familiar, right? We have the Bali Kriya here. Um, so Binyamin Gutman will tell you, he'll be the first to tell you that's in Sefer Devarim. Um, and it says the Shnas Ma'aser. So it says uh, it says Shnas Hashlishit Shnas Ma'aser, which is to say Shana She'ein Ba Ela Ma'aser Echad Ha'Ketzad. Wait a minute. The third year there's only one Ma'aser. How's that? Ma'aser Rishon U Ma'aser Ani. So it says that there's only one Ma'aser because on that third year you no longer have the Ma'aser Sheni. You only have the Ma'aser Rishon and the Ma'aser Ani, as the Gemara says, U Ma'aser Sheni Yibatel. So there's one, there's a couple of ways to look at it, right? Because when it says Mishnas Hashlishis, Shnas Hamaser, it sounds that like something falls off on the third year. That up until now, in the first and the second year, you had Meiser Rishon and Meiser Sheni. Now you have only one Meiser, and it's talking about Meiser Ani. But wait a minute, the Gemara is going to ask. I'll say it outside first. 
is it only Meiser Ani and no Meiser Rishon and Meiser Shani? Or is it only Meiser Shani that falls off? And you, therefore we result with what we end up doing, which is Meiser Rishon and Meiser Ani. So it says, so this is how the Gemara asks it. Let's follow this. Okay, son. Meiser Rishon or Meiser Ani or Meiser Shani Batel? Is it that Meiser Shani is Mibatel and is replaced by Meiser Ani? But you still give Meiser Rishon? Oh, Eino, El Af, Meiser Rishon, Nami Batel. Or maybe Meiser Rishon and Meiser Shani fall off. And all you give is Meiser Ani. What? Trying to understand what the Torah meant when it says Bishanash Meiser. It makes it sound like there's only one Meiser and another Meiser falls off. We're looking for the source of the Meiser. Maybe we'd be Zaycha to bring it soon. One time in Ramat Bechemish, Benjamin Fishman showed up because I'm a Levi with a bunch of Meiser. Like, this is right when we moved to Israel. Like, he brought me fruit. He's like, this is Meiser. I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, do I bring this to the Yerushalayim now? Anyway, um, I had to look it up. All right, anyways. So he says, Okay, so Talmud Lomar, so how are we going to resolve this as follows? Talmud Lomar, so you have to look at the next, at the, at the other Pasuk. A, pasuk, a different Pasuk in Sefer Bamidbar. It says, Speak to the Levim. That's what Benjamin Fishman was doing. Right, so this Meiser Rishon that you bring to the Levim, right, when you, when, when you take from Bnei Israel, the Meiser, that I gave you, that is their what? Their inheritance. Their entitlement. That the Levim are entitled to this, like an inheritance. They're entitled to the Meiser Rishon, which is to say, when you have an inheritance, then no matter what, it doesn't stop, right? There's nothing, even if you don't have inheritors, it'll go back, this is what Rashi explains, it, it, the Rashbam and Baba Basra I saw uh, is, explains it like this, the concept of Yerusha, where even if you don't have any inheritors, it'll go back to the father and then uh, you'll find a different lineage, right? Through the brother, right? That kind of thing. So the, the, it, never, it never ends. It's not like you say, um, oh, just because it, w- there is some sort of interruption, the inheritance ends. Inheritance is always there. Similarly, the Maeserishon never stops, which is to say, no matter which year in the streets of cycle it is, the Levim always get the Maeser Rishon. And the discussion of whether there's one or two Maesers, whether with Maeser Shani, Maeser Ani, is only with respect to those two. Will you have them both or will you only have one? And we say from the puzzle, because it says Maeser, that you only have one, that you only have in addition to the Maeser Rishon, either Maeser Shani or Maeser Ani, but not both, depending on the year. And the, and the Torah says it explicitly that on the third year and the sixth year is when you have the Maeser Ani, which means that on the remaining years you have the Maeser Shani. So now we're 16 lines down on your Bezim Bez. Do the coins get this? Uh, truma. The coin, coin get the Truma. Th- this year, do they get it? Oh, Shemitah. Oh, Garanowitz. On fire. Okay, so the question is, what do you do with Maeser, Rishon, and all these things during Shemitah? Right, I was just saying, but but can any, but in other words, they're not not allowed to take it. But you know, but but you do have to be mafresh it. No. Okay, Benjamin's looking it up. He's going to get back to you. Do you have to t- to be mafresh shumas or meisus and shemitah? That's what you're asking. It's a great, it's a great point. That that that's uh, that's an important point. So let's see. Sixteen lines down, you base and base. Tanya nami hachi ki aser. Okay, when you finish bringing the meiser. So again, we said that that was said in the single. You only have one Meiser. This is just like a repeat. 
Tamadomar Levi, everything we just said, right? The, the Pasuk of Levi teaches you that's a Nachla. And here they learn it a little bit differently. It says, calls man Tainlo. In other words, Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is saying it's an open invitation. That's how he learns it. In other words, Uval Levi, right, the Pasuk says, um, right? So, oh, it's a different Pasuk. The Pasuk is Uvaha Levi that he can come and take. In other words, it's a similar Brisa, but instead of saying that it's like a Nachla that never ends, it just says that Mashabaliyad, as we say in Israel, that anytime the Levi comes, he can take it, which is another way of saying in that particular Pasuk that even on the year, regardless of whether it's the year of Maeser Ani or Maeser Sheni, the Levi can always take his Maeser Rishon. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Einot Tzarech, you don't have to learn that from the Pasuk because Arei Omer velavim to the bear. Matalam kitichud meitz meitzvah. It's meisr shanatad lachemet mitam nachlaschem. So Rabbi Yezim and Yaakov simply quotes our Pasuk that we already quoted to say that's not like a nachla. Hikish hikishu akasav lenachla ma nachlin ein lahefsek af meisr rishon ein lahefsek. Right. So just like we said before. So in other words, this extra brisa reiterates the idea that the Levim always get the Maeser Rishon and takes it from the Pasuk of Nachla, and turns out that that's Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov's, uh, uh, he adopts that Gemara as the source, whereas Rabbi Yehuda had a, a different source, which is, uh, but for the same halacha, which is to say that when the, whenever the Levi wants to get it, he can go and take it, which means that Maeser Rishon is always going to be in the cycle. The Rari Libut said that it goes through the entire Shemitah cycle, including, I mean, the entire, but I don't know, when I, when I heard it, it didn't sound right. So I have, I have, to, I have to double check on, on your question, Goranowitz. Uh, but if he said it, so it has to be, right? He's a great Dafyomi master. So I guess that's, that's the answer. Anyway, all right, 16 lines up from the bottom, and you're Bez, Ahmed Bez. Let's go back to Nadarm. So we already said Maestros, and we said Yerakos. What's this thing with Nadarm? A vow. It's a Tanarbana. We have the following Baisa. I would never do this, but let's say I can't have any benefit from, from my neighbor, Binyamin, for a year. I would never do this. So, the question here is technicalities. I said a year, okay? So, what did I mean by a year? Like a solar year, a lunar year, 12 months, right? It's a, it, not a lachalamaisa, but if I, if I did it today, so it happens to be we have a shanamu beret, right? So, would it, so, so, when would it be until? Today's tesvav cheshvan. Right? So I said it today. So says the Gemara, How do you like that? It's 12 months. That means that, that means that first day of Sukkot is when I could start getting benefit from you. I can go to you for Sukkot for lunch, I guess. Or if I want to be safe, I'll go the second day. But in other words, it would be Tesvav Tishrei next year. 12 months, because it's Shana Muberet. Interesting, right? I'm not waiting until Tesvav Cheshvan next year. Okay? Bim Amar Lashana Zu. What if he said this year? So right? Also loshana. This is loshan bnei adam. In other words, the whole question is here: What does the guy mean? It's, it, it should go based on what's colloquially understood. So a year apparently is understood as you have to know it, right? Because everything is nafkamina lenadarim. The truth is nafkamina is always lenadarim, right? Whenever you don't know what the nafkamina is, like you have a halacha, you say, "What's the nafkamina?" It's like, oh, let's say I do this on the a condition that that's the halacha. Anyways, but that, but that, that's a cheap way of doing it. But here is a nafkamina and a darim. What does he mean when he says a year? Does he mean 12 months? Um, so if he means this year, so it could be, right? So one could argue in a secular 
calendar, if somebody's thinking in terms of the, in that context, and he says until this year, maybe he means the calendar year. Okay. But here, in, that, in the context of the Brisa, they understood that when he said this year, he means what we already discussed, which is we hold that Rosh Hashanah is when the year starts, and therefore, even if it's at the end of Elul, he just means the next few days. So says the Gemara. Wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. There was a manda amar that in general one day in the year is not considered a, a complete year. So how could it be that when he says this year that one day will be, uh, will be enough? So the answer is we are explaining what his das was because what was his das? He accepted upon himself to sort of is to cause himself discomfort or to move the needle. In other words, he was trying to jolt himself into some version of, um, some version of commitment in order to make a point. And so for that purposes, it doesn't matter how long a year really is because because it was effective. In other words, he knows he's saying Hataras Nadarim tomorrow, <laughs> right? But he's making another anyway tonight because he wants to, I don't know, Right, right. Because no, he wants to make a point. He wants to uh, tell his friend, the, uh, tell his friend that he's not doesn't want enough from him. In other words, the insult stuck. Right, it landed. It, well, it's not. Let's not get technical about whether a portion of a year counts as a year. Okay. So the Gemara asks, "Ema Nisan? Why are we saying that it's Tishrei? Why shouldn't it be Nisan?" So the Gemara answers, "Ben Adam Halach Achalashon Bnei Adam." So this is where we uh, say what we just mentioned that when it comes to Nadarim, what we're trying to figure out is what people are. Uh, we assume they are referring to, and as we've already discussed, the Chachmei Yisrael, when they say Rosh Hashanah, they mean Tishrei, not Nisan for now. Okay, so now we're turning to the subject of the plants. Back to the plants. Dan Hasam. We learn in the Mishnah, uh, where is over there? In Maestras again. It happens to be the third Mishnah in Masechus Maestras. Ha-Tiltan Mishetitzmach. Obviously, uh, Tiltan um, is fenugreek, right? When it when it grows, that's when you are hive to bring meiser on it. What's going on here? So different things have to have a chiyuv of meiser at different times. So just to go over it, fruit, as we said, is going to be in shvat, right? And it goes based on chanata, which is when it blossoms, right? Grains, as we will see, goes by shlish, like a third of the growth. And veggies, it goes by lakita, where when you, when you pick it off the trees, uh, that could be, right, we have to watch out for our dal minim, for the lulav and esrog. It, to, to, to the extent that some of it, the portions of it which are fruit, right, in other words, lulav and esrog, is this a shemitah? Is this a kedusha shvius? So the portion that's fruit, it would have to depend on chanata, when it grew. So, like, you'll want your esrog that grew this year when you got your lulav and esrog. You want an esrog that grew the previous year because it goes by the, the, the because it doesn't have kedusha shvius. But next Sukkot, the Esrog, Chanata, I, you're, you're going to have Shemitah Esrogs, right? They're going to be in Shemitah. They're going to have Kedusha Shvius. So you're going to have to be careful for the Esrogim. Masha'en Kain, right? Veggies or, or, or other things are, are, right, maybe from the time that they were picked. And it has, could be that within your Dalmim set, you have a multiplicity of, of concerns here. Anyway, so Chanata versus Lakita for veggies. So, the chiddush here is mishetitzmach. It's like a fruit that you treat the fenugreek like a fruit in the sense that it requires meisah from when it sprouts. So here, produce we know is when hevia shlish. But here, olives also, which is interesting. And then mishetitzmach. What does the gemara mean? What does the mishnah rather mean when it says when it sprouts? Mishetitzmach lezrayim when the seeds sprout. Okay, 
Furthermore, how do we know that grains and olives will be the growth from when they're a third of their maturity? Some say that it's in the name of Yosef That's what the Pasuk says. That the end of seven years, during that time, in Shemitah, on Chag HaSukkos. What does Shemitah Shemitah have to do with Sukkos? Okay? Shminisi. By then, it's already the eighth year. This is what we talk about just now. We will explain this tomorrow as we arrive at the last line on Yud Beis, Omud Beis, Bezat Hashem. We will see you tomorrow.